Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm not even going to try to hear this high-pitched voice. I'm Dietrich. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, I'll tone it down next time. I'm Dietrich. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So uh, this is Choice Tracks, uh, folks, where we have a side A and a side B. On side A, we have a theme that uh, we pick, and everybody picks a song that goes with it. And uh, side B is an album that one of us picked for the rest to listen to. Um, so let's go and drop that needle on side A. Um, so side A uh, it was my theme this uh, week. Uh, my pick, only to kind of narrow it down, was um, I did uh, it's Ready Player One and Two. <laughs> so it's any song that was mentioned in Ready Player One or Ready Player Two or in the movie Ready Player One. Um, Spoiler alerts for those two books, if, if I give away spoilers on that. Um, Ready Player One and Two, what's interesting about the, them is uh, they're kind of a distant future. So it's supposed to be 2045, um, society ruled about by uh, virtual reality. Um, but the creator of the VR grew up in the 80s, and so he has a prize contest uh, to Basically, it's like a Willy Wonka thing where uh, you can get the keys to the kingdom, uh, but you have to know a ton of 80s lore. <laughs> and so it, it's all about 80s stuff, 80s music, 80s video game, um, <laughs> 80s movies. Um, so that's right. There's, there's a lot of 80s stuff in there. Um, and so that's kind of what, what I was going for with something 80s, but I'd narrow it down and, and, and do a little bit of a specific theme there. Um the first book is yeah, I've read both books. Uh, I've seen the movie. So um, what's interesting on a side note is I kind of feel like Ready Player One is like a uh, Pleasantville for the 80s. So Pleasantville was a movie in the 90s about the 50s. <laughs> Ready Player One is a movie in the, in the 2010s about the 80s. Um, is kind of how I feel. But anyways, um, the list, you know, it has a lot of popular hit songs. Um, I decided to pick a song that uh, I already picked another song that actually had the same title, uh, but done by different artists. And I already done a song that has the same color in it. So I actually picked uh, new. I picked uh, Blue Monday by New Order. <laughs> And this is a very iconic 80s song. Has the classic 80s sound. Um, I didn't pull up the, the history on the song itself, sorry. Uh, but uh, So I don't know what album it's on. But yeah, no, it, I love the song. And it's Blue Monday, you know. So I love both Blue Mondays. This one and, you know, the, the one by uh, that's Damo. So I'm a sucker for Blue and Mondays. <laughs> it's, so... So yeah. how come we haven't had a theme about Blue or Monday <laughs> I, well, from you? <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah. I, keep, I keep picking all the songs that have Blue Monday in the title. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, the song is definitely, you know, a, a classic of the 80s. And I, I know that that's pretty much the whole motif of Ready Player One is, 
you know, everything pop culture from the 80s. I read the first book. I watched the movie. Never read the second. Um, but, yeah, whenever I think I read Player One, you know, definitely growing. Like, you, you read the book, you watch the movie. And if you are, like, around our age, you totally remember everything that they reference in that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this, this song uh, is, is a perfect representation of the kind of music that was uh, very popular uh, back back then. And, um, yeah, I mean, the song still holds up. It's still a fun one to revisit, too, or revisit. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was a good choice. You know, I and, you know, I, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. So, all right. Dietrich, what do you think? Uh, very, uh, very reminiscent, you know, of, of what a sound was. You know, I, I can to be and but yeah, yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, as far as this particular song itself, I never really listened to it that much. Um, so me having to go back out there, like kick it in like a good couple of times and go to realize, you know, what I was listening to while I was listening to it, that kind of stuff. Um, but so how did it play out in the book? For this I, particular I, reference, I'm not sure on this particular song. Uh, I, I just. It like there's sometimes where he just references a song, like just playing in the background as he's walking through a place. So, yeah, gotcha. it, uh, some of them are like very specific to particular scenes, like a song that's coming up later on. I'll talk about spoiler, uh, but it, this one for sure, it it didn't stick out as far as like what scene or th- this was in. So, but yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. so but yeah, I'll leave it be. You leave it be. Okay. And I will say, I watched the music video for this. I had never seen it before. And that it's an interesting music video. Poor dog making him stand on chairs and other stuff. And then they're teasing each other by having tennis balls swing around them. It's like a interesting music video, but it had a lot of flip books. That, that part was kind of cool. Like they did flip book art, like on the music video. But yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Damon, what you thinking, man? Yeah, no, I, I really love uh, New Order. I, I hope to see them live because they're touring right now. And uh, I did, I have seen them in the past. So this is uh, this is definitely a good pick. I think Ready Player won the movies one and two, and then you got like the book. There's isn't there's, isn't that how it goes? There's only one movie. There's one two movie. books. Oh, two there's books. two books in one movie. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Why did they come out? With, are they coming out with a second movie? Probably yeah, not. Like, well, okay. it's being delayed heavily, but I'll talk about that when we get to my pick. Okay. Yeah. So, like, well, uh, I, oh, that would make a ton of sense <laughs> on why that's being delayed. Oh shit! Yeah. 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 Well, they're really fun. I I didn't know anything about like Ready Player One. Um, because I didn't read the book. I don't read a lot of books, but my wife did, and she really loves the books. And so she was, she was like really excited about the um, the movies coming out. And then the author, the writer, the creator of the movie, like, she got him to sign her uh, her book. So uh, we have that in the house, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I, I love all the music in this, and I, I'm almost like drawn to it just for the music. <laughs> so like, how fun was it to? 
choose a song from from this thing. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a car race scene. It's not anything specific. What? And I think Mine? it's from the book. Yeah. Oh, I want to okay. say, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think it is. Um, uh, is it? Okay. M- maybe it is. I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I could be wrong. Because mine was in the book, but the book didn't have a car racing. That, that's what that's where like the movie got off. <laughs> like the, the movie's like, hey, Fast and the Furious is okay. a popular movie. Let's have a car racing. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, the, the movie yeah. doesn't adhere to the book. No, it doesn't um, and, at all. And in some ways, it was kind of good that it didn't because it made it its own story, so to speak. It had all the reference points of the actual book, but it was not the book itself, which right. allows you to, to see some things that, you know, visually you wouldn't be able to, to get a hold of or, or have that capacity to go with, with, with the book. Um, it kind of flowed in a different path and took its own, own nature, which that's what I think made it a pretty good movie in, in retrospect. Mm. Gotcha. I'm not saying it's great. Just saying it's pretty damn good in consideration. <laughs> so as a, something that liked the book, you think that that's why you don't like the movie as much. Like you can't appreciate it as much. Or do you think I'm it's about? Gonna, I mean, is it on the same level in different ways? It's it's all it's all um it's all about perspective, right? I'm one of those individuals yeah. that I I got halfway through the first book. Uh, I say halfway through because I picked it up as as something to read, and I got into it, and I thought it was cool, and then I just so happened to wind up going a different route you know, in my reading journey, so to speak. Um, and then in this situation, here, fast forward, now 2018 or whatever, when the movie came out, all of a sudden, like, I can get a whole visualization for the movie, and I still have the appreciation for the book, but the movie sits in its own category to me. So right. that's that's where I put it in place of. Well, yeah, and, and plus, the, the, the what's interesting is, like, the book is almost a non video gamers perspective of video games. <laughs> Cause like the movie totally kind of leans into that, like call of duty vibe <laughs> type uh-huh. of shit, <laughs> especially in, in one of those first earlier scenes in the movie, you're like, Oh, this is just straight up like call of duty, but virtual reality. And in the book, it never feels like that. Like he kind of talks about it, but it's not like specific type of thing. So it's like, yeah, which is interesting, but yeah. Right. It's like reading Tron, but then going back and watching the movie Tron is takes you on a completely different path. Right. Or where it's actually supposed to be. So, you know, that's that's how I took it. And it's like you can you can appreciate both without hating one or the other. You just probably have a preference for one versus the other. Right. Okay. So um all right. So let's go ahead and keep this game going. Put another quarter in the slot. Um, Brandon, what, what did you have? Uh, yeah, so of course it's a song from the 80s because, you know, <laughs> it's Ready Player One. And um, the song actually came out in 1985. The song that I speak of is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Uh, Tears for Fears is a English pop rock band, kind of part of the new wave uh, synth music. Um, also a band that was part of the second British 
British wave of music. Um, this is from their their second album called uh, Songs from the Big Chair. And uh, I have adored this song ever since I can remember. Um, my memory of the song is, as far as I can recall, I first heard it from an 80s movie that I still love. And uh, the movie is called Real Genius. And the song is played at the very oh, yeah. end, at the very end of Real Genius. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, I got to see that at the theater again a, a couple months ago, and the yeah. song, of course, kicked right. on, kicks in at the end, and I'm like, the song is still awesome, and um, yeah, I, I still really, really enjoy the song. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely another song that sounds like it's from the '80s, and uh, but I think it still still holds up today, and um, yeah, so that's my choice. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world. I just just think it's a, it has an awesome sound, and um, the lyrics are good, and just a yeah, it's just a awesome song. So it yeah, it, I I love this song. It's it's a it's a hit for a reason. It's it's amazing for a reason. Um, it what I think is crazy, and it makes sense, especially if you hear their other songs. If I remember correctly, they're both philosophy majors, right? That that decide to form a band. I, I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. I know. I know that they are part of another band, and then that band folded, and then Tears for Fears came from that. Okay. I mean, it, from what I remember, either they were both philosophy majors, or they just a lot of their songs use uh, terms of philosophy. Like, like they they're very, as far as I know, like they follow a lot of using philosophy for making <laughs> songs. But yeah, it, it, but it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's a great song. And yeah, I like Real Genius. That's a great movie. Yeah. Kick ass song, kick ass movie. Yeah. Like like you really can't go wrong with this pick, man. That was that was a hell of a pick right there. Um, you know, and the fact that they referenced it, you know, in this in this series, it's like that's one of the quintessential eighty songs that you really can't get past. And it's like I'm I'm glad they, they used it. I'm glad that you know it's represented and it represents itself, really and truly. But, you know, the fact that it's picked up in so many different other um, ways and allowed a newer generation to come through and listen to it or or see that reference and go back and check it out. I was like, OK, that's cool. I like that. What did you think, Damon? Did you want to rule the world or? Oh, always. But <laughs> I like I like songs for the big chair. I think that's like a really good album. I've got that album. Um I want to see these guys in concert. I know they're touring right now. Everybody's touring right now. All the older bands, newer bands. Um, so this is this is something that would be great to see live. But I love this song. First time I heard it was probably also that movie, Brandon. <laughs> and then Val Kilmer was great. In that so. Um, yeah, so weird. <laughs> so weird how how that like fit really well in that movie. But um, yeah, so I what what part of the book or the uh, the book or the movie that this was in for for Ready Player One? I think this was in both, right? I think it's in both. Yeah, it's yeah, in both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's part of why I love this movie this movie so much. I have to watch it again. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. 
and the music in the Ready Player One was like I, you know, like I said, I didn't read the books, so the movie blew me away. I love, I love the imagery, like the the story. You know, it's really fun, and to throw some of the best music from the eighties. I mean, holy shit! Yeah, it's like this is like a party playlist right here, and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I don't think any of us could pick a bad pick with what you gave us. You gave us a lot of ammunition, so it just uh, it's just you know, I guess the relief episode here. We're uh, you know we're just going to talk about fun, good music and. Being like a little kid in the eighties, you know, kind of like brings me back to that too. I have like probably like a weird, you know, skewed perception of music from the eighties because I was so young. But um, yeah, this is all the stuff that I heard when I was very young, and then when I was a teenager in the nineties, and you know, I got to have another appreciation for it, and then you know, as I got older, another appreciation for it. And then when they, you know, revisit it in like Ready Player One, it's just it brings everything back and it gives it a new, paints a new picture. But yeah, Tears for Fears, great song. Um, I like it, Brandon. Yeah, with, with, and what's interesting because you mentioned about being kids, like there's my oldest, you know, my oldest liked, uh, you know, Justin Bieber in One Direction, and then out of nowhere. Like Tears for Fears was their jam. Like that's what they listened to. And then they went from that to like Toy One Pilot. So you're like, but it's just crazy that it's like, it wasn't the Beatles. <laughs> it wasn't the Rolling Stones. Yeah. It's Tears for Fears. And this song, song in particular, like they would jam out to this song constantly. And you're like, okay, like where did you find this song? <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, it's an amazing song. But yeah, it still peaks, still speaks to the current generation. So. All right. Um, so, uh, Damon, <laughs> what did you have for us that? Got kind of caught up there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. All good, bro. All good. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, like I was saying, uh, this this option for a song from Ready Player One and then the books, the movie, and the books, no bad choice. Um, I chose a song that I, I liked. I played at Halloween parties um, and just like the band. And I really just, I love the song. Uh, Dead Man's Party, Blingo Blingo. Uh, check out Oingo Boingo if you don't know who Oingo Boingo is. Kind of a weird name for a band, right? Well, there's lots of those out there. But uh, uh, yeah, it's a great song. Great great in the, the book. Um, from what my wife was telling me, because she she liked the scene where this happens. I guess like um, there's a uh, uh, is it An- Anarik? Anarik? Is he a is he or is that like Anarik's uh, invitation or something like that? Yeah. Okay, so like there's like a scene where I don't know I don't know if that's the character's name. I don't I, I just don't know the story that well. But he's coming out and trumpets start playing, and then it's like Dead Man's Party. Because that's how the song starts. You hear like do 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 do. I love that beginning of the intro of the song. Um, I guess like if I do read a book, it would be probably this book, <laughs> so I could like get acquainted with how everybody feels about the story. Because apparently it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I love the song. I love 
you know, that I was able to pick it for this. Uh, Oingo Boingo's 80s band. Um, this is uh, Dead Man's Party. And um, I believe it's off, it's off the self-titled uh, Oingo Boingo single. I think it might have been a single. Um, yeah. 1980, 1986. So these guys are new wave kind of kind of cool shit, man. So maybe you guys yeah. could talk more about how it pertains to the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of those that I, I think I know what scenes she's talking about. But yeah, it 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 came up in the book, and and to be honest, like I don't know this song by title, so I couldn't really place it, and I assumed it was kind of there based off the title of the song um but i think in the movie isn't this the one where they're in the dance hall and they're like rather this is like a song you would play in place of cherry bomb if you didn't want to play cherry bomb when you're in a room full of kicking ass you play dead man's party yeah yeah i think that's that's what it is that's the scene in the movie i just didn't know how to reference it to the book yeah but yeah yeah the movie definitely like not all of them are in the book and the movie but this is both yeah. Right. So that's that's cool. It, I like that too. Kind of reminds me of Kill Bill. You know, like she killed ninety nine dudes. Like, no, that was just the name of them. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> so eighty eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she killed. Which is a, which is a band, right? <laughs> so, but yeah. So, but yeah, oh. th- this song. Um, it, it's a it's a cool song. I like a lot. What I thought I was surprised. I probably had heard this song before because I watched the music video. The music video references back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. And I at least three or four times. So <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah, you see that on like the cover for the single. Yeah, like it's back to school. And then Rodney <laughs> Dangerfield got a yeah, graduated cat on. Where it's from. <laughs> so um, I just want to give you guys a, a little little background uh danny elman who's who is part of oingo boingo he actually did the score to back to school <laughs> so i just just want to throw that in there a little bit so mm-hmm. <laughs> not only did he do the score but then yes that song is in the movie as well so um and i it was kind of it was kind of awesome that you picked this one because he was recently on uh there there's this thing that amoeba records does where they're like, what's in my bag? And one of their recent okay. episodes was Danny Elfman. And so it was kind of nice. cool to see Danny Elfman on there. And then you picked this song and, and it was nice to revisit. I haven't heard the song in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally dig the song. I, I think it's a good one. Um, yeah. I am not going to be very helpful with, uh, what scene this song was in. Or how it was used in the book. I read the book once a long time ago. It was fun. I don't remember much. I saw the movie. Not the biggest fan of the movie. The book, I enjoyed a whole lot more. And, um, you know, the movie's, the movie's just okay, but the book is, is much better. But it also didn't make me want to read the second one. I think one and done was good for me. <laughs> so, um, there was really no reason to make a sequel. That's my opinion. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the song itself is great. Um, I, I like Oingo Boingo. I, I'm a big fan of Danny Elfman as a film composer. And um, yeah, 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 it's, it's a good choice. Um, I've always loved that. There's a couple moments in the song 
where he, like he shifts like gears, like his voice changes a little bit, and I mm-hmm. always look forward to that part in the song. Uh, yeah. So the bridge of it when he kicks yeah. into the high song. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So this was definitely one of my jams back in the day. I definitely, as soon as you picked the song, I knew exactly where it was coming from. I knew exactly what I was doing when I was listening to the song, and I was watching Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, this is when, they, this is the scene where they go into the college frat party, and this band is playing, and they're going at it live, and Robert Downey Jr. is in there just, you know, getting tossed up and having a good time, trying to get his friend to, to get out of his funk, which, um, you know, that, that was all fun and games within itself. And then it took a little bit of a turn, but it wasn't anything. It was just bad. It was just like, whoa. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Ready Player One, you know. Um, <laughs> the way I see it is, you know, this is quintessential 80s. This, this, like the song right now, if you listen to it right now, it does not sound dated. And that's what you want out of a good song. Like you literally could throw this on at parties. You could throw this song in the mix. This could literally come on in a college dorm room, and I'm guaranteeing you're going to see some people bop around to it and have a good time because it was just a good damn song. So um, to me, I have no problems with it. I can't reference it so much in the movie. I think it was the part where, you know, you saw, uh, don't quote me on this, because, you know, we got some listeners that'll come up and just dance say smack us in the face for not knowing this. Right. It may have been in the situation where they were coming out of The Shining and going into the part where, you know, you had to dance with the ghost, um, mm. you know, along the scene in order to go in through there. So in, oh, in order that to make more clues to the keys. Yeah. So that that part made a whole lot of sense in the situation because you got ghosts all around you. What you going to do? Well, you're going to dance, you know, that type of situation. So um, but for me, this was definitely a cool ass song, cool ass time frame. And, you know, wish there was more songs out there like it that we could just bump out to and have fun. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love this style. It's, it's a little bit of ska sound to it. Exactly, uh, a little bit of ska, yeah. a little bit of horn, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, just just riding along with it, but it worked. It, and that, and I should double back on the music video. He he is dressed very much like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> like he, he's very much trying to pull off. Dressed like orange. a droog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> now this makes more sense. But yeah. All right. So. um, Dietrich, you ready to bring us our final choice song here? Yeah, so mine was um, was a little bit complex for me, um, just because I had to do a little bit of background in order to get into it. So as far as the movie goes, it's at the scene where they're going into the garage um, when it, when uh, oh, his name just literally slipped out of my head. But when he's literally found out that he's got all his money in his bank account and he's going to pick up his items um, so you know, he gets his whole bodysuit. He gets, you know, grenades and, and guns and different arsenals and things of that nature. Um, but it's very played very, very faintly in the background right before they go into the scene. So it's not something that you would pick off off top. Like, oh yeah, I definitely recognize that. You have to listen to it or see that scene a couple of times in order to pick up where it's coming in. And it's coming in in the very beginning. Um, it's also used in, um, player ready, uh, ready player two. Um, because lo and behold, this particular artist was, uh, was a villain in that particular book. And not only was a villain, but was, was seven different copies of a villain <laughs> of himself in that situation. So I chose, 
um, Prince, uh, 1979, coming off of his self-titled album, Prince, which was not his first album. Everybody thinks it was his first album, but it wasn't. It was the second album. It was the first single on that album. It was called I Want to Be Your Lover. Um, but um, the actual Prince situation out of it was crazy because um, for those who know or those who kind of follow the story before he passed, Prince did not like representations or emulations of himself. He did not like virtual reality. He did not like the idea of taking him and and using his voice and his image without him having sole control over it or copy over it. He did not want anybody to have his music out here. He did not want anybody to have any access to anything that he could not deliver himself. Um, and he was adamantly against that, which made a crazy situation because he's such a big part in Ready Book 2 that it would be going against his wishes by creating digital copies of him, thus now allowing them to carry forward with that part of the story. Thus, is the holdup for one of the main holdups as to why they're not creating Ready Book 2. Um, it's, it's the fact of he was so against it that he would not clear his music unless um, he, he had control over the situation because he got screwed over by some of the labels trying to, trying to copyright his music, trying to keep him from his music, trying to keep his music, uh, for sell purposes only and not for the part of enjoyment or at least for his getting the part back out of enjoyment. And he believed in owning your masters. He believed in you being in control of your situation. And if you're not in control of your situation, you're a puppet to, to the cause, not the actual, you know, not going against the grain and trying to be a true artist with once yourself. He was all the way in there, even up until his death. It's his whole platform of music and 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 uh, his whole um basically music got released after the fact, um, after him passing. And that that in a sense was kind of a shame because, you know, without him passing, we wouldn't be able to listen to all this great music unless you bought it. Um, you know, specifically for that reason, but now it's just all on the streaming platforms. Now they released everything. So now anybody can go to and listen to them. But yeah, that was the main reason behind the Ready Book 2 not being, or Ready Player 2, excuse me, not being so quick to try to get pushed in is because they're trying to figure out how they can either A, work around that situation because they know it's going to be a lot of backlash from it, or B, find somebody that can take the place of that character and then use it as a as a movie adaptation for that situation. So, um, for those who don't realize or didn't read the book, go back and read the book. I'm not trying to be doing any spoilers for it or anything, but guess what? Spoilers. Um, he's actually a villain in that Ready Player Two, and he's made seven different versions of himself, and they have to go through and fight those seven different versions in order to try to try to beat the series. And right. each each villain has a different song that they portray, and there's Bell's Cry. And, and and they, you see them driving around in a little red Corvette, and the only way they get in the Corvette is that they have a raspberry beret on the head, and it's like it's it's all over the place for real. Everything is connected. But um, yeah, I chose Prince. I want to be your lover. Like I say, it's in the book, it's in the movie as well, so it kind of played off of that. But it was a very big part in the movie, just for the fact they knew how much he did not like um, those type of situations going on without his consent. So what do y'all think about that? So it, 
I, I like the song a lot. Um, it, I'll circle back to the, the book part later, but it, I like the song a lot. It, it was, um, I'm not sure, like, I'll be honest. I, I, I've listened to some Prince songs. This one I, I heard, it's what surprises me. I mean, his musical musical genius, the, the melody, it, for some reason, the first notes kind of always remind me of Celebrate Good Times. Uh, but, but I know he changes enough notes that you know you you mistake it for that, but then you know he changes it enough that it's not that. But it's kind of interesting they plays with that. But then, yeah, after he comes in, and then the whole musical instrumental part after that, it's like yeah, he's just jamming away making artistry. So, but yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I love this song. I mean, as you were talking about it, I was over here listening to it in my head and jamming to it. And uh, yeah, I, was, I mean, I, I wasn't actually listening to the song, but I know it so well that I'm just playing it in my head right now. And, exactly. uh, and I never get sick of, of hearing it. I know we've talked about Prince recently. There's been conversation about doing a Prince, a Prince uh, episode, which we should, um, especially because I just want Taj to listen to more Prince. And <laughs> I am, yeah, I don't I don't need an excuse to listen to Prince. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is one of my favorite Prince songs. I think it's phenomenal and um, I love it. And um, I'm still playing it right now in my head. And uh, if you guys will excuse me. I'm just going to continue doing that the rest of the episode. <laughs> Not a problem. Well, OK, so uh, while Brandon's thinking about Prince and listening to this on his head, um, <laughs> He's not the only it's one. It's very catchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is a good tune. Uh, Prince. And then I think at one point he was like artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Right? That was the back at the label. Yeah. It, Wait, yeah. Yeah. And that that's part of why. Uh, well, I'll speak to the book later on, but go ahead. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it was like the warehouse scene intro. Right. And then for this song. No. Yes. Oh, yeah. it was okay. That's what you were saying. Yeah, for the, yeah, for the movie. Yeah. Okay. For, um. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I Taj and Dietrich and Brandon, you guys probably know the story and like, you know, Ready Player One and then Ready Player Two, like more than I do. Um, I saw the movie once, so I live with a woman that loves sci-fi and loves all things like this, and she adores this movie and the story and. Um, so I wish I could speak you know, about it better than I am other than the relationship to the music that I really love. Uh, Prince is somebody that, uh, I think he came from like, um, humble beginnings, if I'm not mistaken. And he just made such an impact on so many lives. Losing somebody like Prince is such a tragedy. Um, you know, life goes on and then it ends and, you know, that, that's just what happens. But, uh, I love Prince's music. It will live on forever. Um, yeah. So I like this song, <laughs> of course. Right. I don't think that he has a bad song in his, uh, in his, his, uh, list there, but, um, yeah, good tune. And like I've seen before, Ready Player One, the movie, you know, I just loved the whole the whole thing with like listening to all the different music that I, you know, grew up with and 
Uh, yeah, this is a great tune and great pick. So, yeah, so the the because I think I might be the only one that read the second book. Like the this, the second book, um, like spoilers for it, but like the, it's weird because you know the first book is kind of like. Um, you know, you meet your hero and then you win the prize. The second book's all about how you find out your hero's an asshole and did some shady shit. Uh, and so they're trying to recover memories from somebody, like actual memories that were downloaded. And, and so the, the scene here is like they have to – it's a musical battle. So it's kind of like an RPG battle, but it's a musical battle against all seven at the same time. But they they have to get musical instruments and like it's interesting because he kind of talks about the history of Prince, like having, you know, being Prince, formerly known as Prince and then his other name. And that like how that's how they get the seven. But then you also find out this weird relationship of I forget who it is, but there was like a band that backed him up. But I think two of the guys became producers for Janet, ja- Janet Jackson. So, uh, it's kind of, so it was, yeah, new generation. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of that, like trying to figure out like how how can we defeat him and take away some of his power. So like, and they they kind of incorporate that kind of musical battle. Like, it, who had bigger hits? Like these two guys as producers, like produce a bunch of hits with Janet. You know, but yeah. Jimmy so, Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah, yeah. That's who referring to and and also you get allies in the book from Moore's Day and the Time. Yeah, it's a subsequent man that uh, he he actually formed like battles within his movies, like Graffiti Bridge and and Purple Rain and such. Like Morris Day played the bad guy in those movies, so it's kind of funny how there are good guys helping you out in the situation <laughs> in the book. So it was yeah. like, okay, yeah, exactly. So and that's kind of where where the love is in the book for that, and like yeah, this that scene is memorable for sure. So, but yeah, but, oh, yeah. I appreciate you bringing this to the table. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Wow. He, he did. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you picked uh, the song, so. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to flip the record to side B, drop that needle. And uh, Taj, you yes. had some homework for us. <laughs> I, I did have some homework for, for you. Um, so. This was a cassette that I had. Don't ask me how I got the cassette. I still don't know. Uh, but it was uh, Cindy Lauper. Uh, she's so unusual. Um, I listened to this album a lot. Like, uh, I think I listened to this album more than, um, uh, you know, Who's Zooming Who by Aretha Franklin. Uh, for sure. This was my first first diva that I loved. <laughs> um, and yeah, this album is just amazing. Uh, so Cindy Lauper, um, which I didn't realize, but I did a little bit of research for this. Like, I didn't realize she was part of a of a band uh, before called the Blue Angels, and then they kind of went their separate ways and left her behind. And then she was, you know, she was a waitress. She didn't think she was going to ever sing again, it type of thing. And then she got the opportunity to do this her first solo album in uh, 1983. And uh, she just went uh, balls to the wall to, to get this, this, uh, this album done. Um, I did listen to some commentary tracks uh, about her, about uh, some of the songs that are on this album. Um, yeah, there's, there's 
you know, some of her earlier bigger hits are, are on this album for a deb- debut album. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I love every single track on here. Um, it's an amazing album. Um, and so uh, she's, I, I guess I can speak kind of about the, the commentary that she had on, on some of the individual individual tracks that were, were there. It, what's interesting, since we just left off talking about Prince, uh, one of the songs on here was actually written by Prince. Um, it, and uh, that was the, um, shoot, let me grab the, the song title. I'm sorry. I had it here and then I didn't. Then that goes. So uh, there is. Um, so the uh, When You Were Mine was written by Prince. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense because when you listen to that song, you're like, because <laughs> she doesn't change the lyrics. And you're like, <laughs> you know, I, I hear you're with another guy. And you're like, huh? So are you trying to tell me that you? <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> it, 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 that part makes sense. But yeah, it's like, but either way, Cindy Lauper amazing artists um but yeah so um uh, so okay i guess i should i do i have to do my pick first can i do my pick last no you have to do it first oh but that, that doesn't Look, seem it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission bro <laughs> <laughs> well well I, i'm not gonna all right I, i'll i'll do my, i'm gonna do one because i'm pretty sure somebody else is gonna pick this other one but and only because I want to give this one love. Nah, do your pick. <laughs> do your pick. I, I'll kiss you. Do you, <laughs> boo. No, wait, hold on. Don't. No, no what's I your pick, though? Me, bro. What's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kiss you. I, I was trying to encourage you, bro. I'm just, that's just from afar. I, I love you, fam, but damn. I, yeah. So that is your song, or is that the one that you don't think anyone's going to pick? I think that's the one nobody's gonna pick. I'll kiss you. So that's gonna be your choice. That's gonna be my choice. Only because I want to show that song love. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. What? <laughs> I mean, there's one clear, obvious one that's like. <laughs> Heads and shoulders about the rest, but like, yeah. Is it he's so unusual? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll go ahead and chime in here, and I'm not going to take that one that we're referencing. That we're, you know, somebody, somebody else is going to pick up on that one. I give him that one. Um, I used to love Cindy Lopper. I still got love for her. Um, you know, she, she's definitely a fighter. She's definitely one of those people that, you know, danced to the rhythm of her own drum. And she, she does not apologize for it. And those are the kind of people that she loves. Those are the real rock stars. The ones who want to set their own path, don't care about what anybody else has to say about it. And if they ever get caught up in what other people have to say about it, then that's when they kind of like start dying for themselves. And I've never seen her in interviews or anything else. To say that she started dying from herself. She may have had, you know, struggles. She may have had, I know she's got some, uh, physical situations going on, but she's never been the one to say, you know, I let people bring me down. Um, and, and she's always been the one to fight and get back up on her own too. So that's nothing but respect for her and what she does and how she does. It. Um, as far as my picks go, 
Yeah, there's one on there that's just literally, you know, you've seen it in every Kodak commercial, you, you, you listen to it in a Hallmark and all that other stuff. I'm not going that route, not because I don't want to go that route and not because it's not my pick. My pick is the first song that I ever heard from her, which is Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And that was a mind-blowing situation for me because I'm like, well, damn, I'm not a girl, but how can I have fun like that? You know what I'm saying? I, I was, it was one of those things that I just, I have, I got infectious. Or it's the song itself is infectious. I got caught up in the beat every time it came on. I would dance to it. I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be girls dancing to it, but I don't care. I'm gonna dance to it because it's just that that much of a jam. And like now, if you throw it on in the '80s room, everybody's really gonna jump up on the dance floor and play around with it and just have fun with it. And that's what it's all about. It's it's literally a play good song about girls just wanna have fun. You wanna have your own equal fun. You wanna you wanna be able to have a good time and not have to worry about boy troubles or anything else. You know, just get out there and do what you do. And for me, I completely understand it and I like that. So. That's my pick, and I'm running with it, and y'all can't say nothing else about it. <laughs> my job. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm I'm really confused right now because yeah. I thought that was the song that everyone everyone was gonna pick. Um, is that the one that you're thinking of, Tosh? No. <laughs> oh, see, I, I thought everyone was gonna go for girls just want to have fun for some oh. reason. Oh, okay. So um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I I do like the album. You know, I to be honest, I don't know if I've ever listened to the full album. I definitely know all the hits for sure. Um, and uh, and and then maybe a couple other tracks. But there's definitely like there's what probably four hits on here for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Four singles at least. Um, but it was it was nice to, to listen to. Um, I, I did enjoy it. Like there are some songs that are definitely better than others. And I think yeah. that there's a reason why, you know, the, the hits are hits because I mean, they, they outshine some of the, the weaker songs on here. Um, I don't think like they're super weak. It's just the really good ones are outstanding and, 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 you know, uh, they stand out. I think I might have already said that. But anyway, um, yeah, overall it was, it was fun to listen to. This was one that I was, I was able to listen to at least two and a half times. It was fun. Um, you know, I, it's just, she's got a great voice and, uh, you know, definitely, definitely has an eighties, eighties vibe for sure. Um, I think my introduction to her was probably through Goonies, the Goonies, um, <laughs> because of, uh, you know, the music video and yeah. And the songs in the movie. Um, and now I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering like, what song is it that everyone thought was going to be picked? And I think I know which one it is now. And I'm going to pick that one because it is a great song. And if I'm wrong, wow, I don't know what one you're talking about. I'm going to go with Time After Time. That's got to be the one. <laughs> but you know what? That's a stellar song. And uh, it's great. I probably would have actually gone with girls just want to have fun first, uh, but but Diedrich beat me to it. Um, but I, I I equally like love time after time. So yeah. I'm gonna go with that song. Yeah, I mean time after time. It's just 
yeah, do, do you, yeah, th- that's that's an amazing song. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it, it, for sure. Like I love I love that song. Like yeah, that you can't get ro- more romantic <laughs> than that song for for me personally. I don't know. I know that sounds weird, but it's only because of how many times I probably listened to it. But the, so I, I should circle back. The, the reason why I picked uh, "I'll Kiss You" is because I it's a it's a different flavor on Love Potion Number Nine, which I used to hear a lot as a kid, and oh. so that's why I mean it, "I'll Kiss You." And then I meant to go back and look, but for sh- I want to say because I only seen the movie once. I want to say that was used in Love Potion Number Nine, the movie with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> so I'll kiss you, but I'm not positive. Okay, so. I couldn't tell you because I think I might have seen it once, <laughs> right, on VHS when it first came out, maybe, <laughs> right. So, but yeah. So. Well, I've seen I've seen Cindy Lauper live. I've seen her uh, not too long ago, and yeah, <laughs> what a treat! I mean, and she uh, she had an artist open up for her and do her own set with her music. And then they did a collaboration and it was, it was phenomenal. I got tons of pictures, video, all that stuff. But, um, the, the first time I was supposed to see her was probably about 15 to 18 years ago or something like that, where she was going to open it up for, um, share. And she had broken her ankle and she couldn't do her anymore. And it was like just before, hitting the the show that we were supposed to see so uh, but yeah no, great artist um, all the hits man you got the Goonies like Brandon said every song has a music video how dramatic is she <laughs> oh my god wasn't in a wrestling movie as well there's well I think there's a wrestler in um, one of the songs that you all picked in your pick Dietrich I think there's like a famous wrestler in that. There's a bunch, like in her music videos, there's a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. She chooses like to use wrestlers. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm picking Shebop. Yeah, that's a fucking cool song. And the video for that is just fucking weird. It's like a diner with like. I don't know zombies <laughs> or something, or just I think it's you know it's it's supposed to be representative of like chaos and a woman's view uh, on how people see her. Um, it's it, it you know it's all over the place. It's a fun fun artsy kind of like there's like cartoons going on. All of her videos look like somebody's nightmare. <laughs> But like a weird dream that you had about something that happened, and then she sings about it. Cedal <laughs> um, Opera is great. I mean, I think she's like she falls in line with like things I be- I believe in, um, the right way to live. <laughs> but she's also kind of quirky and weird, and that's representative of the eighties. Uh, yeah, how much fun can you have? I mean, she's she's definitely bizarre. But like badass, fun chick, you know, she was before her time, but, you know, maybe like fit right in, you know, so. So, <laughs> so it, her commentary track on Sheepop, because it, she actually has two tracks on it. <laughs> the first one was like, uh, supposedly it's supposed to be a song about masturbation. 
<laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell from the video, right? Uh, <laughs> obviously, and, they're they're not going to show that in the video. I didn't and, know that, so that's a misunderstood. That's like goes back to our mess or uh, last episode. Yes, but then uh, what's funny was uh, supposedly because when the the guy called her over and and told her that that's what they wanted to write the song about, like she went to get some material. And she picked up getting a, a magazine called Blue Boys, which she thought was for females, but it wasn't for right. females. And so that's where that line, you know, standing shirtless in blue jeans comes from. <laughs> she had picked up that magazine. It's like she's all over the place. Right. <laughs> it's like, OK, it's like step into the mind of Cindy Lauper. Yeah. No, but it, yeah, it was it was interesting listening hearing some new perspectives on the songs from from her when she had commentary tracks i was like oh, okay so especially witness like i didn't realize <laughs> i mean i assumed it was just like i didn't want to be a witness but she took it as like being like in new york and taxi cab drivers nearly running over your friend when they're standing off the curb and she's like hey i don't want to be a witness like <laughs> stay on the curb and then that's how she created the song and you're like okay i get you <laughs> I don't want to witness this. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways. All right. Did, anything else about Cindy Lauper? Did I do her justice, Damon? I mean, you know, there's there's probably a lot more that can be said about her. But sure. Yeah, she she was definitely uh, great in her time. She still is. She still tours. Um, right. What, yeah. I I'd wanted to see her when she was touring with Tina Turner. But I never got a chance. That was the tour I wanted. Tina Turner. Wow, that's yeah. That'd be that'd be amazing, right? Damn. Well, okay. Sorry. So, uh, I think that kind of does it for this episode. But uh, Brandon, yes, Taj. Um, do, do you have some homework for us? Some more? Boy, do I, Taj? More Cindy Lauper? Uh, no, not Cindy Lauper. We're going completely different. Um, I've, I've been wanting to do an episode about, um, about this, uh, about this type of music. And, uh, I think it's time. Um, I'm doing one of my favorite jazz albums and, uh, it is from 1958. The album is called something else. And the artist is cannonball Adderley. So, uh, yeah, cannonball Adderley. Something else from 1958. It's going to be a, a jazz centric episode. So stay tuned. Cool. <laughs> like actual beatnik jazz, like Deadio. It's like, classic jazz. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to that. All right. So I'll go ahead and wrap this episode up then. Uh, you can find us on choicetracks.com. Uh, we end with a Z or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Also end with a Z. We have matching playlists on Pandora and Spotify. And we ask that you please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj, like Walter Cronkite used to say. You know, I've been Walter Cronkite. See, that's where I get it from. I've been Taj. Not that I'm someone else when I leave the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm Damon. <laughs> and I'm Sega. <laughs> Start out there. Go know your history. Go, go back and look up Sega.
back in the eighties before they actually created Sonic. Sonic came out in ninety one. We ain't gonna talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pick up the needle. But if you're lost and you look, and you will find me time, <laughs> time after time, time. <laughs> on Choice Tracks. We're going to pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those Choice Tracks, y'all. Good night.